<laughs> so go, go, Johnny, go, 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 dude. I am so psyched that we're going to dig into the history of Chuck Berry and give our top 10 Chuck Berry tunes because Chuck Berry kind of influenced rock dude, and roll. Shut up your backwards ass, Buck Cherry. Buck Cherry. Buck Cherry, not Chuck Berry? Not Chuck Berry. Buck Cherry. I like them both equally, actually, so I don't really care. But today we're doing Buck Cherry. All right. That's true. It's not all about Chuck Berry. It's about Buck Cherry. Fun fact, did you know that Buck Cherry got their name from Chuck Berry, just turned it around and made Buck Cherry? Uh, Wow. Thanks. (laughs) Now people stop listening. Thanks a lot. (laughs) You're welcome. We're talking all things Buck Cherry, our top 10 with a little special interview with Josh Todd in between. Now, crank it up. Dude, I got a little confused there, but it's all good. We're back on track. 
It's all about our top 10 Buck Cherry tunes. We've got a little bit of a special interview with Josh Todd that we're going to insert here in the middle a little bit later on. But what's going on with your badass? Uh, just working, man. I'm looking forward to shows. I got a show coming up here in a couple of weeks, and I am looking forward to it. We got all kinds of shows coming up, man. People are booking shows left and right around here in Atlanta. I'm working my first what I would consider big concert about a week from now. Sticks is playing the amphitheater here with Collective Soul, and that'll be the first uh, I would consider real concert back to work. So I'm sort of excited about that. By the time this episode comes out, that will have already happened, obviously. And probably I will have worked two or three other concerts since then. But I'm super psyched. We're booking stuff. What concert have you got coming up? Uh, Skid Row, Winger, Autograph. And I'm missing somebody. It's, it should be a good show. It should be a really good show. And it's at a casino. Is Skid Row doing the first album or something or the second album or something? Uh, not that I can tell. Okay. It was Warrant that's doing the first album, I think, from start to finish. And Warrant's playing with them. That's the other show. Or they're doing Cherry Pie start to finish, I think. Oh, that's great. Yeah, no no problem there. Yeah, they did the first album a couple of years ago from start to finish, and I think this year they're promoting that they're doing Cherry Pie from start to finish, if I recall correctly. Yeah, and Tony texted me the other day. He goes, all right, Black Label Society just announced a show. I'm like, oh, great. He goes, yeah, it's Prong obituary and black label society so you win i'm like dude prong obituary i'll see zach the next time around no thanks yeah they're playing here as well and and i sort of i sort of said the same thing i was kind of like i don't know about that one (laughs) yeah that that's a little rough for me i i'm not a prong obituary guy i like some prong i own a prong record obituary i'm definitely not into and prong is limited in what i like and don't like so yeah that's a little rough for me so it's all about buck cherry top 10 tonight you're a big buck cherry fan uh absolutely uh anytime that i get a chance uh i listen and i would say it's a top 50 band for me there's a couple of albums that are really my bang zone but uh, there's at least i would say three to four songs i like on every album yeah, I'm along the same lines. And Buck Cherry, uh, at the time of this recording, they're getting ready to release their ninth studio album, Hellbound, on June 25th. By the time this episode comes out, June 25th will have come and gone. Hopefully, you guys have picked up that new album because I think that it's really pretty solid. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But before we get into all that, you know, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight is, of course, sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. It's important in the rock and roll business to be well-manscaped. Perfect grooming is important to dirty rocker boys. And we trust our sponsor, Manscaped, the best for men's below-the-waist grooming to take care of us. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels, baby. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their family jewels with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ROCK and 
roll at manscaped.com. Again, that promo code rock and roll at manscaped.com. Check out some of these killer features. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. You know what I'm talking about. Thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunctional on-off switch that can engage a travel lock just in case you're traveling. It also gives you the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when you need a more precise shave, I guess, in the dark. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim with the additional guard links, which are sizes 1 through 4. Did I mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Oh, and it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower all you want. Boom! Pick up one of these today. I used mine today, and I promise you, your partner and your balls will thank you. So, get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code ROCKANDROLL at manscaped.com today. Stop being a dirty, dirty boy. Our friends at Manscaped sent us some great product. We're using it. It's working out pretty well. We encourage you guys to go pick up that product at manscaped.com. Make sure you use the promo code rock and roll and get 20% off and free shipping. Pick yourself up the lawnmower 4.0 baby. So tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight is King Zebra, another Swedish band. And I really don't know a ton about this band. They're kind of new on my radar. They've recently released a couple songs, one of which you'll hear tonight. They're not advertising that there is an album coming, but they just recently signed with Golden Robot Records. So I think there's probably an album in the future. They're just not really promoting it yet. But... Check out this song featuring Guernica Mancini from Thunder Mother called Wall of Confusion.
Okay, so second correction of the night. They are not a Swedish band. They're a Swiss band that happened to record in Sweden. Really? Yes, they're from Switzerland. See, I stand corrected. This is why I got you there, man. You got my back. I swore they were a Swedish band, and I put two and two together and said, well, you know, Guernica, who I know is Thunder Mother's a Swedish band, and uh, she lives there in Sweden, so I figured, okay, they just know her from that, right? I had no idea they were a Swiss band. Like I said, I know very little about King Zebra. I know it features Eric St. Michael's, Roman Lauer, Jerry Napatula Pula, <laughs> and that's probably wrong, Manu Judge, and Ben Grimm, and that's who makes up the band. What else you got for me? What other tidbits you got for me while you're at it? So anyway, that was a pretty melodic song. The one thing that I got a problem with that song is Eric's voice and Guernica's voice. They are so different that it's almost a tough listen because I was wondering, I'm like, so when's she coming in? So when's she coming in? And she comes in on that second verse and totally smokes Eric right out of the gate. And it's like, okay, Eric, I don't know if I would have had her help, to be honest. <laughs> she is so strong, man. She cuts through the air, man. You can definitely tell when she comes in. I love her voice, man. I really, really like her voice. And she was definitely an upgrade in Thunder Mother when she joined several years back. But yeah, I like this song. I like his voice. I don't have a problem with his voice. You know, it's cool when she comes in and I like the other single that they released, which I'm I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head, but they released another single before Wall of Confusion back about a month before this song came out. I like it as well. They've got an EP out there. I went and listened to the EP and the EP has some good stuff on it too. So I'm going to keep my eye out on King Zebra, kind of a weird name, but hey, I dig the music, so there you go. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Warning, this episode has some explicit language. If this was a movie, we would label it NC-17. At the Growing Up Rock studios, we all love Buck Cherry. But our friend Josh Todd has a habit of being very honest about his feelings and at times uses a significant amount of vulgar language. In all instances, these words have no ill intention but are used to enhance the stories that Josh is telling. Again, consider yourself warned. Now, back to our show. So, top 10, Buck Cherry. I love Buck Cherry. I know you're a big Buck Cherry fan. And, you know, we're going to basically do what we always do during these top 10s. And I think today, you are going to start us off. So, Tell us how you came up with the top 10 and give us your 10, 9, and 8. So I went through the school of Sunny Hollywood Pooney and adopted a policy that uh, you use, which is I went through all the Buck Cherry records and basically took tunes out of those records and threw them in a Spotify playlist for myself and got it down to probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about 30 songs. From that 30 songs, I whittled it down and got it down to 10 songs. So that's the method that I took. And I went back and forth. I had two different top 10 lists going at one point in time because there were two or three songs that I was like, I really don't want to list, leave this off. But then I was fighting with, I'm not giving any love to this record at all. And I was kind of like, I really hate to have three or four songs off of one record and nothing off of this record or that record. So I struggle with that a lot. But essentially, 
I came up with my top 10 list and spread it out as much as I could. There were a couple records that don't get any love in my top 10 list, and I'll talk about those at the end and uh, suggest some songs off of those as well because they do have some good tunes on that. Buckcherry is a band that, I mean, I dig them. They came onto my uh, radar with the first album, and uh, like a lot of other people, Lit Up was the first thing I heard, and uh, I was sold with that song. Got the debut and liked a lot of stuff off the debut, and... I uh, saw him a couple times. I saw him once open up for Guns N' Roses, the version with Bumblefoot and um, Tommy Stinson, that version of the Guns N' Roses lineup. Then I saw him a couple times in the club on different tours, and they're coming through town again. So I've seen him a few different times. I dig them. But my 10, 9, and 8. So... My number 10, this is an album that I wasn't given any love to, and I got to say, this song, although it's not really necessarily typical Buckcherry, it makes me smile, and a lot like Get the Funk Out, if you can stand still while this song is playing and not smile and not dance, then you're a better man than I, but Tight Pants off of Rock and Roll just makes me smile. so infectious and so funky i love it so that's a good one that's my number 10 number nine is off a of black butterfly and it's the lead off track tired of you really really dig that tune 
One of the things I like about the Buck Cherry songs is his delivery on a lot of them and the those grooves that they seem to find. They've got some really good bridges and pre-courses in a lot of their tunes. Number eight comes off the debut record. It is Drink the Water. Uh, this was one of the songs that kind of floated in and out of my top 10, but I found myself listening to this song a lot over the past few days, and I really love it. So drink the water off of the debut. That's my 10, 9, and 8. Tight pants, tired of you, drink the water. Yeah, you're all over the board with those three because tight pants, it didn't make my top 10, but it was on the list that I had to trim from. Tired of you, you'll hear about later. Drink the water was outside of my list. <laughs> so it was all over the place there. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see where we end up on this because we didn't share any of our list ahead of time. So neither you nor I know what each other has picked. And even though we both like this band, they have a really wide variety of flavors, I'll call them, on their albums. So it'll be interesting to hear how far apart you and I are on what we consider our top 10. So my approach... I'm a big Buck Cherry fan, as I said. We're probably a little bit different here because you're a fan of the first and second album. My actually favorite albums are the third and fourth album. So when I first kind of got the songs together that I wanted to pick from, I started at 50 songs and then trimmed down to 20 and had a hell of a time trying to get down to 10. There was songs, several songs off the same album and I was like, ah, do I boot them? Do I not boot them? Like, no, I'm just going to do a straight top 10. If there's an album doesn't get love, an album doesn't get love. So I'm not representing all albums. I think I just have one not represented, basically. So that's kind of how I came up with my top 10. My number 10 is No Regrets off of Warpaint. It's the third single off that album. And it's like the closest to really like this power pop punk rockabilly pop kind of thing that I like. Like, I don't like too much rockabilly stuff. The power pop punk kind of stuff, I can get into a little bit if it's Mast and Shooter or McCrackens or something like that, but there's not a lot of it I listen to. And I love the spoken word after the solo, where it's just Todd singing, then it gets kind of back into the energy, which you're going to hear about that in a lot of my songs. I love that there is some point in the song where they kind of bring it down. It usually comes back with Todd and just the drums, and then it gets back to the pace of the song really love it. But this No Regrets song off of Warpaint, man, it's just like three minutes of what I would call gooey goodness. You know, O-E-O, here we go. No regrets. Like it's, and it just goes the entire time. Like there's no stopping the song. So it's great. My number nine is a song called Recovery off of All Night Long, written by Josh, Keith Nelson, Stevie D. And one of the things I love about Buck Cherry is they don't waste any time on stupid intros. Like even this song, it just kind of goes right in. It's almost as if you started hearing the song 30 seconds in. Like sometimes it just starts so soon, I guess it's it's a little weird. The pre-chorus on this song, super catchy. The drum beat's kind of driving the energy in the song. The song's only about three or so minutes long. About 90 seconds in, it slows down for about 20, 30 seconds, goes back into the guitar solo, comes back with just Josh singing, right back to the energy of the song. It's, it's a Buck Cherry staple to really do that. Uh, in their songs.
And my number eight, and we're going to listen to an interview here in a little bit, and you bring it up in the interview, but every Buck Cherry song has like kind of a crazy song. And I love a lot of those crazy fun songs. And it gets a little dirty, but it doesn't get like Steel Panther, non-melodic dirty. It's dirtier, but it's actually singable. So my eighth song is Porno Star off a of Time Bomb. Dude, I love that song. Joss and Yogi wrote a great dirty song. And the, just Josh's like lyric writing, it's dirty, but it's listenable. And this is the kind of shit that you would hum at work. And then somebody will come up, so what you humming? And I can't say Porno Star by Buck Cherry. <laughs> you know, so then you got to make up something. One thing about the song, though, that's interesting, I think, is it feels like it's two different songs put together because the verse and the chorus is so different. That it's like the chorus was almost written at some point and maybe pulled out of another song so it was so great and kind of added to this verse. So it's a little weird there, but I, I enjoy it. So that's my 10, 9, and 8. Yeah, there's one thing about Buck Cherry, but uh, I'm going to need my mother-in-law who often listens to our episodes probably not to listen to this episode because Buck Cherry... For one thing, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I, I think they've probably got their own record label these days, and it's called F-Bomb Records. But they are really fluent about using F-Bombs, and so much of their music just kind of drips and oozes this sex. And whether it's just blatant discussion of sex or whether it's just a sexy groove a lot of their music, it just has a sexy groove to it. They do that a lot. And that's one of the things I love about them, I have to be honest. I absolutely think your 10, 9, and 8 is a great start. No regrets. I totally get your point with that song, kind of that rockability thing. They have that that same sort of theme on a lot of their records. They have a song that has that, I guess, if you want to call it rockabilly feel to it. That's fine. But yeah, I agree with that. Recovery. What record is that off of? All Night Long. All Night Long. That's a great song. That just actually missed my list. It's, it's such a great song. And then Porno Star off of Time Bomb. Love, love, love. And we'll talk more about Porno Star in the future. But great start to your list for sure. So that leads me to my seven, six, and five. So at number seven for me, Holy cow, it's Porno Star off a of Time Bomb. What a great song, man. You can't listen to this with anybody around. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's really a dirty song. You think Crazy Bitch is a dirty song. This one's equally as dirty, if not more. Uh, but that's a great song. I love it. Off of 15, my number six pick is Broken Glass. There's something about this song's raw energy that just gets me going. I really like a couple of the breakdowns in this song, and I just find myself oftentimes singing it, and I'm kind of like, is this really that great of a song? Because it's almost sort of a raw punk song in a lot of ways, but some of the change-ups they do in Broken Glass hook me. So off of 15, Broken Glass is my number six song. And then my number five song... We talk about earworms a lot on this, uh, this podcast, and I know you're a huge fan of earworms, uh, as am I. And one of the things that hit me when I was doing the research for this and going through all the albums and listening to the different songs was this song off of All Night Long 
called Oh My Lord. And the beginning of it with this, ah, this whole thing just, it got me going from the start. And I love the groove in Oh My Lord. And it's just a killer tune, super, super catchy. And they have that earworm all throughout the song and I dig it. So that's my seven, six, and five. Porno star, broken glass, oh my Lord. Yeah, listening to your seven, six, and five, I was kind of thinking, I'm like, all right, so two of those, uh, Broken Glass and Oh My Lord, it didn't even make my top 50, right? So, and I think this is where there's some Buckcherry haters out there. Let's just flat out say it. Because I think Buckcherry is trying to be everything to everybody and people don't like that, right? Like you can't try to go get everybody. You have to stay in your lane kind of thing. And they've got the sleaze, they've got the punk, they got the little R&B feel, they got all of these things going on. 
And that's why I got a feeling that a lot of our songs are going to be different because they are touching something that we both like. I don't think other people that are Buck Cherry haters like that very much, but whatever. Yeah, I, it's not a surprise to me that something like a broken glass would resonate with me and not you. I'm a little surprised that something like an Oh My Lord doesn't resonate with you because it does have these earworms and things that I know you're really fond of and it has a great groove. But that one surprised me a little bit. But hey, yeah, that's interesting to get into uh, because like you said, there are so many different textures and flavors. Although to me... When I went through all the Buck Cherry records, I really do feel like they are a straight up rock band. You know, I just don't feel like their songs stray so far from what they are that they're alienating their rock fan base. It's <laughs> it's a blender of ACDC and Prince and all these things, all these influences that they talk about liking, both Stevie D and Josh Todd. And so I think it comes together nicely in their music for sure. So my seven, six, and five, and yeah, uh, if you have sensitive ears, you definitely want to turn it down or plug in headphones because I'm going to read some lyrics here. Warning, this episode has some explicit language. If this was a movie, we would label it NC-17. At the Growing Up Rock Studios, we all love Buck Cherry but our friend Josh Todd has a habit of being very honest about his feelings and at times uses a significant amount of vulgar language. In all instances, these words have no ill intention but are used to enhance the stories that Josh is telling. Again, consider yourself warned. Now, back to our show. So, my number seven is off of Confessions, and it was the first single, Gluttony. Dude, I love that song. Josh Todd, Keith Nelson wrote it. It peaked at number 26 on the mainstream rock charts. And it's just the, the lyrics... Uh, I, I gotta read them to you. So I take a dive and medicate my mind cause I hate what I fucking see. It's all a grind. We're filling up our time with the rules of society. You say I drink too much. You say I smoke too much. What the fuck am I supposed to do? I want to die and kill my dirty mind. Right. And then it goes, you know, I want it. I want it. I want it. Want, right. What's interesting is like in the first verse you hear this, you're like, oh, okay, keep going, keep going. And then the second verse they, this, whoa, right? That starts coming in the second verse. And I got a feeling what's happening is somebody's in the studio telling them, dude, you're going to have to pop that up a little bit. That's a little too crazy. You're going to have to put something in there that creates the airworm that people are going to remember this song. Otherwise, it just sounds like you're mad, right? And I thought they did really well on this song with that. I get it started and then I'm broken hearted because I can't get a hold of the beast. It's like I'm blind, I'm running out of time Everything I crave is out of reach You say I drink too much, you say I fuck too much So what the hell am I supposed to do? I wanna die and kill my dirty mind I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it I've got an enemy started It's all a grind, we're filling up our time with the rules of society You say I eat too much, you say I smoke too much What the fuck am I supposed to do? I wanna die and kill my dirty mind I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it
My number six is probably everybody's introduction to Buck Cherry. If you don't like Buck Cherry, you don't like Buck Cherry. But Lit Up was the first song I heard. Most everybody heard the same thing. It went to number one on the mainstream rock charts. I just thought that the story here was kind of funny. Josh Todd's in an interview. He says, uh, Lit Up's about the first time I did cocaine. I knew a couple of dealers in high school had a lot of fun with that, but it wasn't until it wasn't fun anymore. The song initially was inspired by the King of Hill character Hank Hill and his passion for propane and propane accessories. And since I'm a huge fan of the series, with the song originally titled, I Love That Propane, he had to change it because Fox sent him a cease and desist order because they didn't want to be involved (laughs) and they own the rights. So he changed it to, I love the cocaine. I love the sleaze rock feel. It's got the earworms and his rasp, which I think... A lot of the times when I hear that rasp in a vocalist, I get turned off because they don't know how to tame it and they don't know how to create like a passion and an energy with it. It's just a rasp. And he, like in this song, sells a passion behind what he's talking about and the rasp is working. And that's what works for me. My number five, you talked about it, Tired of You, Off a Black Butterfly. You know, I, I called it the ode to Stephen Michaels, and it's, you know, the title is Tired of You. Um, but anyway. <laughs> What's interesting about the song, and I'll, I'll get to the lyrics again here. Tell me if you can figure out, is he talking about a girlfriend? Or is he talking about, from the girlfriend's point of view, about him, right? So he's writing it saying her words, right? So I get up, I put my thoughts together, call my friends, let the good times last forever. I hear talk about a nonstop flight to heaven. Can't you say you're just addicted to medicine all in your head again? Am I getting through? Because I'm tired of you walking on me. Time is running out. Lost your mind. You're losing your self-respect. Talk is on the street. Word is getting out. It's not who you are. You're addicted to medicine. Lost in your head again. I'm so tired of you, right? So he's talking about like this thing that's taken over his mind, right? But you don't really know if he's talking to his girlfriend or it's about him and that's what he heard. And he's like, you know what? As you're yelling at me, let me write this shit down because that's a pretty cool melody right there. And he just wrote down exactly what she said. Say you're addicted to medicine All in your head again I'm getting through 
Well, I'll do you one better. What if he's not talking about him or a girlfriend? What if he's talking about a drug? That's possible too, I guess. Right? Yeah, I think, don't know. Think about that. You know, to, uh, what was the line about uh, heaven? Yeah, I, I hear you talking a nonstop flight to heaven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, he could very well be talking about an addiction there or a past addiction. When I did a lot of the research for the interview that I did with Josh, found a little bit of newfound respect for the guy. I mean, the guy, he's been sober for 26 years now, I think he said. And so he's essentially, he's been sober through his entire Buck Cherry career. He was, uh, he was only um, playing with drugs and living that life when he had that early uh, band in L.A., that Slamhound band uh, before the Buck Cherry thing. So uh, I have to respect that a little bit because, uh, you know, if you can do that, good on you, man. Definitely. Anyway, that was my 765. What'd you think? Uh, I think it's great. So tired of you, obviously already on my list. So gluttony just missed my list. I'll have to admit that Confessions was a record that doesn't get any love on my top 10, but I had three or four songs that circulated in and out of my top 10 and gluttony out of those three or four songs was the top song on that record. I really like gluttony a lot. Uh, so that just missed my list. And then the other one lit up, lit up. Obviously we'll talk a little bit about that in, uh, in my future list. So it's a great list. I have no issues with that list. It's, uh, either songs that are on my list or just missed my list. So we're going to take a quick break here from our top 10 and play the Josh Todd interview that I did. It's a fairly short interview. It's about 20 minutes. We're basically discussing the newest release, Hellbound, which uh, came out on June 25th. Give it a listen. We'll come back. We'll discuss that a little bit and uh, finish up our top 10 list. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. rock podcast josh todd what's going on josh i'm good you know just out here uh promoting uh hellbound it's gonna drop june 25th and we just released the second single uh the title track hellbound and got a video for that on youtube so check that out and and then you know the first single so hot is almost at four hundred thousand views on youtube and we're just uh we're so pleased you know because we worked really hard on this record and and it's so good yeah so on June 25th, you guys released this brand new Buck Cherry record, Hellbound, on the world. 
most of them are going to have to wait till June 25th to hear this record, but I've already been listening to it for the past couple weeks. And I got to say, your fan base is going to totally dig this record. I'm digging it for sure, man. Great job on this record. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to really enjoy it. It's uh, probably, our, if it's not our best record, it's it's one of our best. And um really uh, proud of that, you know, to be, have something this strong, you know, at 50 years old, you know, like 22 years deep in my career. So it means a lot. And we got such a great team around us and it's all just working really well. Buck Cherry has been a band for sure. That's kind of seen its shares of ups and downs over, like you said, the 20 year career period of time, member changes, label changes, all kinds of crazy shit going on with this band. But yet the band kind of keeps going and going pretty strong from the sound of this new album. What do you think it is? I'm sure we both know many good bands that have ended for lesser shit than what you guys have gone through. You know, it's just passion, man. Hard work, dedication, you know, um, just keep on keeping on, man. You don't look back and just keep trudging, you know, and that's uh, that's been our path, you know, for 22 years now and first record was in 1999 and i think it's because you know we've never been kind of a part of mainstream rock music so from the get-go so we always had to hustle to make our mark you know so um it's just our mentality you know my recollection of buck cherry first coming onto the scene was like everybody else with lit up and i remember my personal thoughts were kind of like oh shit this is going to be the next big band you know these guys are straight up rock and roll and i dug it and you definitely had sort of that star mentality going on and you had success for the for the first record and then you guys released time bomb and i gotta be honest time bomb for me is probably my favorite buck cherry record i really really loved that record and it didn't get the love, whatever. But you guys were doing all of this at a time when rock and roll was sort of on the outs. And you didn't have success with that. And you went on to 15 and you had a huge success with that. Again, at a time when rock and roll is sort of on the outs. So is it the team? Is it the band? Is it the sound right songwriting? What? It's got to be more than perseverance. It's got to be. You know, it's so much more than just songs because then you have to have a great promotional team behind you so that your songs get an opportunity to be heard by a lot of people. You know, I mean, mentioned Tom Bomb. It's one of the hidden gems in the Buck Cherry catalog. And we were kind of uh, having some rubs with our record label at the time when we released that. You know, they gave us the green light to release it. And then at the last minute, they wanted to release some cover song uh, that wasn't on the record. And we kind of held our ground and said, hey, you know, if, you, if we don't want to release that, but um, we're happy to write more more songs if you feel like we don't have the record. And they said, no, you have the record. And then, you know, they were just saying that and we figured out, you know, they just really kind of didn't give that record the love. And we went out and toured for a long time on our own as, as long as we could promoting it because we were passionate about it. And and then, you know, things happened with the band during that time. It just started uh, imploding, you know, like just uh guys started leaving you know quitting and so 
yeah, it was a weird time and we had to make a transition and that be, between time bomb and 15, you know, there was a long hiatus because, uh, we just couldn't find the right guys at the time and things happened and we needed to take a break and, and then 15 happened, you know, uh, it was an amazing comeback story. And then we had a big run after that. And, you know, here we are now. And it just seems like whenever there's a lot of adversity, like we had with, uh, COVID and everything else that was going on in the United States. Uh, this band, whenever it's backed up against the wall, always makes its best records, I feel. And for whatever reason, you know, it gave us a real opportunity to have something to focus on that wasn't negative, you know, being in America at that time. So, um, you know, we've been done with this record since October 2020. So it's really nice to have it about to hit the streets. And, you know, we worked through all the quarantine and everything, just uh, shedding and writing song after song we wrote 28 songs for a 10 song record so uh, we were very thorough yeah so how do you go about when you have 28 songs how do you, how do you guys go about deciding what ends up on the record and and what doesn't that's always a question that comes up and the cream rises to the top right i mean there are like more than a handful of songs that everybody loves because they're great you know and so those will be kind of the foundation. And then, and then there's usually uh, four or five songs that you just compile. We all compile lists at the end of the songwriting. And then we compare the lists between our manager, producer, bands, band guys, and all of us. We all compile a list. And, and uh, usually it's all there and we maybe squabble over maybe two songs. But um, this was pretty easy to figure out. And when you got, when you say you got 28 songs and you've written, is that 28 actual completed songs or, or some of them are in demo form where you just, you'll keep them around, you'll rework them at some point in time, like a lot of bands do, or the, are they actually 28 songs that are done? That, no, they, they're all in demo form, yeah. uh, you know, and then we would, we picked the 10 that we wanted for the record and we re-recorded them, right. you know? I mean, they're completed songs, but uh, no, not ready for a record. Yeah, yeah, understood, understood. So am I wrong in assuming or seeing that with each Buck Cherry record, there seems to be this sort of um, sense of humor with at least one song on the record? There's like this, whether it's lit up or whether it's porno star or crazy bitch, it seems like each record has this song that just has a really great sense of humor to it. You know, it's a rocking tune, but because there's a lot of other songs on Buck Cherry records that, I mean, can be kind of dark in places. Am I just reading into that or what? No, I mean, you know, I write all the lyrics, all the words that come out of my head, you know, and I have a lot of different feelings and emotions and songs are short stories, you know, they're feelings, they're emotions. That's what they are. They're four minutes of a feeling, you know? And so if you have like aggressive music, you're going to have an aggressive feeling and you're going to think about something aggressive and it's going to bring out anger or excitement or passion, you know? And sometimes that's not always positive, you know, but um, I think it's just dynamics is what you're talking about. I want to have dynamics. I'm not just always thinking of good time rock. I'm not always thinking of uh, aggressive, like punk rock type songs. I'm not always, I like to have a ballad in there. I have, I have deep emotions. I like to have mid tempo songs in there and it's fun for when we play live as well, you know, and also uh, 
you know, it's good for a vocal range, you know, to use all of your voice, not just uh, one part of your range, you know? Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about the different dynamics on this record. There's a song on this record, No More Lies. The first four songs on the record, you know, kind of come out of the gate, whoop your ass, typical kind of buck cherry feel to a lot of it. But then you get to No More Lies. And this one was interesting to me because I listened to this song back to back over and over and I heard a bit of a pop funk vibe. And even there's a section in there that has a little bit of a reggae feel. Yeah. Yeah. Love that song, by the way. Um, we wrote it and, and, you know, I, I, I wrote all the lyrics and melodies and, and finished my part of that song and, and there was music under it, but it was much different than music. And Stevie and Marty kind of powwowed and went back and reworked the music. So it sounded like that and kind of put on, uh, you know, we went back to kind of like uh, how Led Zeppelin used to really incorporate a lot of different sounds and flavors and tempos in their records. You know, we love that, you know, so that was kind of what we were thinking of when we took that approach and they came back with this whole different approach. And I listened to the song and I'm like, wow, this has totally changed the song. It's, it's so much cooler and it's such a great flavor for the record, you know, and um, people are going to really enjoy that song when they finally get to hear it. Yeah. Both you and Stevie are big uh, Prince fans, right? Yeah. We like Prince. We like funk. I love Bob Marley as well. I listened to a lot of reggae when I was, uh, you know, an adolescent, you know, along with punk rocks, you know, records. And, you know, I had a friend that the first guy I knew who had a car, right. I surfed a lot in Southern California when I was a kid and we would go surfing and he was really into Bob Marley. And I knew nothing about uh, reggae and he would play Bob Marley all the way to the beach and all the way home. And it was like, you know, we lived more inland. And so it was like a good, you know, 35 minute drive to the beach. And I would listen to a lot of Bob Marley songs and I just fell in love with the guy. I thought he was an amazing lyricist and the, and the melodies were amazing. And the songwriting was, they, they were great songs. And, and, uh, I really got into him and then I got into Peter Tosh and stuff like that, you know, but, um, all that stuff is cool. And to incorporate it into like a rock feel is really great. And, you know, all the great rock bands of the past did stuff like that, you know? They did, but it's less prevalent now than it used to be. And so it's nice to kind of hear you incorporate some of that stuff. One of the things that I mistaken for one thing that ended up being another was a lot of the ways that you deliver your songs, a lot of the cadence that you use, you know, my rock and roll brain goes straight to bands like Aerosmith and Steven Tyler and that kind of thing. But honestly, you're a huge hip hop fan. And I think probably you get more of that delivery, that cadence type thing from hip hop than you do actually from bands like Aerosmith and stuff. I did, you know, hip hop is in an amazing time right now. They, um, the songwriting is really great. It's really interesting and it's a different approach and I like it because it's dangerous and I like, I like it that they have their own language in some of their songs, you know, it's just like their own phrasing and words and what they mean. And it's, it's, it's amazing, you know? So I study that and that definitely uh, enhances my, my melodies and the way I chop up some things sometimes. And then I also listen to a lot of pop music, especially with my kids and I love pop music. So I like it mostly because it's uh, vocal driven, 
you know, it's written by the best songwriters in the world. So um, I really study those song structures and melodies and and how they approach their uh, songs as well. Very clever. Yeah, the way you chop up songs works for me because it somehow fits in those pocket grooves with the bass, the drums, and the guitar that just, it feels good to my ears. It works for me melody-wise. So I really appreciate that about the tunes that you guys do. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you, you want to be rhythmic with your syllables and timing and, you know, rhyming and, and all that. You know, it's really important. And I appreciate that. Yeah, let me ask you this question. In the past, you've talked a lot about a time in your life when you were dealing with addictions and partying and just you know, basically making enough money to go out and get six packs and drugs and things like that. Do you think had Buck Cherry come out in the mid eighties when that was like the thing, given the time period and your history, would that have been more of a challenge from you than say in the nineties when Buck Cherry hit and that kind of lifestyle had died down just a bit by the 90s and by the time you came around. It wasn't about uh, lifestyle or anything. If you're an addict, you're going to be an addict at any time period. It doesn't matter. You know, um, I'm an addict. I, I'm an alcoholic. You know, that's I have that disease, you know, and uh, I, I did it real good from 13 to 23. And uh, I was in a band called Slamhound for a few years before I ever was in Buck Cherry. And we were a mess. And we came really close to having some success in that band. And thank God we didn't because we probably would all be dead. You know, we were, we were really uh, out of control, you know? Um, so, you know, everything happens for a reason. My professional career got actually started late for, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, 26. Mm-hmm. I was 26 by the time my first record hit, you know? So I'm grateful for that because I was already sober, you know, I was sober, uh, my the whole career of Buck Cherry, you know, my whole career, professional career, and uh, 26 years now sober. Congratulations, man! Good for you. Thanks. So, Buck Cherry is a band that likes to live out on the road. You know this better than anybody. You guys play year round, uh, and obviously, you haven't been able to do that for the last year. And, like you said at the top of the podcast, we got lots of dates planned. You guys are going to be coming through my neck of woods in Atlanta in October. What do you think is going to be different about being on the road at this point in time? Meet and greets up close and personal with the fans, any of that stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's all different. Of course, you know, we've already done shows. We did, we did a few shows uh, in 2020 and we've done already a handful of shows this year and there's just safety protocol and, and it differs from state to state. And, uh, we follow it and that's it. We just abide by the guidelines and really want people to respect one another and uh, do the same when they're coming to shows. And yeah, we've done meet and greets as well. We did meet and greet uh, not too long ago and everybody wore masks and, you know, it was fine. Yeah. We've all been vaccinated as well, you know, so we're all doing what we have to do to get back to um, some type of normal, you know. Uh, and, you know, also it's getting hot and there's a lot of outdoor shows, which makes it a lot better and a lot easier to put on big events because people can spread out and, and have a good time. Right. Yeah. Right on. So what's next for you guys just getting out on the road and promoting this record, right? Yeah. We got over 105 shows booked, uh, starting June 1st in the United States and you can go to buckcherry.com and 
and check out all that and get out to the rock show. Go pre-order Hellbound right now. All places that sell music and it's an amazing record. You won't be disappointed. And um, that comes out June 25th. And if you're outside the United States, you know, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and Europe, you go to earache.com forward slash Buck Cherry, and you can pre-order the record and vinyl there as well. And um, and yeah, we'll be in the States till uh, November, and then there's a lot of stuff in the works uh, overseas, and uh, nothing solidified yet because there's still a lot going on over there. They're a little late with the vaccination uh, protocol and all that kind of stuff, so once that happens, we'll be going over there. Yeah, we'll put all that information and in, uh, links in our show notes. Do you have favorite off the record that you're leaning to these days? Yeah, my favorite rocker and one of my favorite vocal bands for sure, the track that just dropped today and video. So check that out. I just, I had a really good time recording that song and with Marty Fredrickson and just killed it. And, you know, um, when I hear the track, I'm like, to be 50 years old and laying a vocal down like that, I'm very, very proud of myself you know to come up with something like that at this point in time in my career it's it's pretty special and so that song's really cool and um and then you know there's a song called the way on the record that's just it sounds like a Beatles song and it's just so amazing and just came together so well and it's a real moment and especially a real moment at uh buck cherry uh live show so that's one to check out do you guys carry some sort of a piano or do you just play that over uh, a tape and come in with the rest of the instruments? No, no, we got a keyboard and Stevie, Stevie uh, played that piano part and he plays that piano part live. Yeah. For people that hadn't heard the record yet, the way is a piano ballad. So uh, you guys will hear that when the record comes out. My personal favorites, the first four songs just kick my ass. I like all, I love all four of those. Uh, I love gun because uh, it's a sort of this uh, swampy groove laden Aerosmithy type vibe. And I just, I dig that tune and uh, I like no more lies for all the different things that I mentioned earlier. Uh, It's just a great record uh, and fans are going to dig this man. So once again, thanks so much. Hellbound on June 25th, produced by Marty Fredrickson and, uh, Josh Todd, thanks so much for being a part of the Grown Up Rock Podcast, my friend. Let's go, man. All right. Thank you. Be good. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. So nice short interview, 26 years. Dude, good for him. I've had 14 years. I know it ain't easy. And especially the life he's living, it's a lot easier in the life I'm living. It's not easy in the life he's living. So uh, that's great. I love hearing that he's into hip hop and reggae and because I can hear it in his vocal phrasing. And that's really, Buck Cherry's all about Josh Todd to me. I, Stevie D, I, I'm sure you're a great guy. Keith Nelson, I'm sure you're a great guy. If there's no Josh Todd and Buck Cherry, I stop listening because he is the guy that attracts me to the band. And for him to be very soft-spoken, really, in the interview, right? He's not really this, wow, David Lee Roth, Sammy Hagar-type <laughs> big personality fill the room. That's just not who he is. And I think that has a little bit to do with when you're trying to get sober, that part of you that maybe got released when you were drinking or doing whatever you were doing, you try to tame that beast. And sometimes I feel... I feel that the same way. It's not, I'm not the same crazy guy I was. I can be outgoing when I have to be, 
But besides that, I'm usually pretty just kind of like even keel. And he sounded very just kind of there, not too nuts. Yeah, I think he's always trying to keep it in check. I think he's got, his family seems to be very important to him. I know he's got a daughter and he's actually got a granddaughter now, I think. Uh, so he's a, he's the coolest looking grandfather I ever know. But uh, yeah, so uh, just, you know, very even keeled. Uh, we discussed a lot about Hellbound. There were a couple questions where I was trying to, the point I was trying to make with him about Buckcherry music in general, it seems that every one of their albums has this type of, it is comedic in a lot of ways. I mean, you have to take a song like Crazy Bitch with tongue in cheek, right? I mean, it's not, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't call it a novelty song, but it's just that kind of tongue in cheek thing. And by the way, I love that kind of stuff. Tight pants, uh, I don't know if it was a B-side on the Black Butterfly record or not, but Too Drunk to Fuck, they replaced it with Highway Star on the American release, I think. Uh, just on Spotify. My American release has it on there. Okay. But yeah, I know the one that I own has it as well, but I was looking on Spotify and I noticed it was Highway Star instead. So every one of their records seems to contain this tongue-in-cheek type song or songs, but then a lot of their songs are very a very serious context. So they have kind of all these flavors, and I think that's just a product of who Josh is. I mean, that's what he explained in the interview, uh, and I respect that and I understand that. And this this new record, uh, which I think fans are going to dig. How do how do you like the new record? I didn't really talk to you about it. Both you and I have have heard it and uh, had a preview of it. What were your thoughts on this record? I will tell you if you like Buck Cherry and your bang zone is 15 Black Butterfly Confessions, you are absolutely going to love this record because that's what my bang zone is. And man, there's not really a bad song on this record. Uh, so that first single is my favorite song. So hot off this record so far, but no more lies. Five, four, three, two, one hellbound. Oh my God. There's some great songs here. And I think what it is for me is yeah, Stevie D is important. There's absolutely no doubt, but there's something happens when Marty gets involved that makes it a little more pop. It's almost more, I don't want to say professional. It just touches my ear a little bit differently. Like he's got that Desmond's child type touch. Mm -hmm. That for some reason, when he touches a song, I want to hear it. I don't know why that is. Yeah, I mean, he. <laughs> it's funny because he touches a lot of the things that Desmond touched in a lot of ways with his work with Aerosmith and and so on. But yeah, this this record, I like a lot of this record for sure. And I agree with you, Sonny. If your bang zone is 15 and Black Butterfly right in that zone, you're going to love this record. Is it the song No More Lies that uh, I talked to Josh about, which has almost a reggae feel in places? Yeah, I, I put funk. It, it had funk to me. It had funk. It had it had some uh, a, almost a reggae feel in certain places. I love that song. I think that song's awesome. The first four songs on the record will rip you a new one. Five, four, three, two, one. Great kickoff. So hot. You've already heard Hellbound, uh, which is title track. I think is really good. Gun is really good. There's some great stuff on this record for sure. Uh, so it should hit home with a lot of the uh, Buck Cherry fans out there. Sonny and I omitted any of the songs on this new record off our top 10 just because 
you know, we didn't, we didn't want to include that, but there are definitely songs in here that, uh, a year from now probably would end up in my top 10 list. I think. Yeah, definitely. I would tell you this has a really, really good shot of making my top 10 at the end of the year. There's only really two or three other albums so far this year that I've listened to going, oh yeah, that's going to end up in my top 10. Right. And this is really one of them. Yeah. I got a list of about 30 of them big surprise Good lord <laughs> i'll whittle them down trust me uh so let's get back into our top tens that was a great little interview with josh todd i'm glad i could share it with you guys uh you're gonna love the new record if you haven't already picked it up go out there and pick it up because at the time you're listening to this that record is out there on the market for you to consume so go check it out hellbound from buck cherry this August will rock as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Meet Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Ricky Rackman, Mark Goodman, Matt Pinfield, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, drum legends Carmine Apice and Vinny Apice, along with current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Except, Roxy Blue, and more. Panels, signing sessions, and vinyl and memorabilia vendors, all available to you at Rockin' Pod. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, networking, and speaking sessions. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party concert featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skio and his new band Resist and Bite. Plus, Ron Keel Acoustic, Rock United, and a rare hair set featuring many surprise guests. Rockin' Pod Weekend, August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP, podcaster registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod, brought to you by DBG Productions, Bradley Entertainment, and Incaptia. So my four, three, and two, let's get into it. Where did I end up? So this is going to be, well, yeah, it's going to be one record heavy. So at number four is the song that we've already discussed, which is Lit Up off the debut. It was the first song I heard. I had to give it props. I really like it. I still like it to this day every time I hear it. So that's my number four. At number three, I can't say enough good stuff about this record. I'm a big fan of Time Bomb. It's probably their worst selling record because it didn't get any love, which Josh and I talked a little bit about briefly in the interview, but I absolutely love Time Bomb. Slamming off a of Time Bomb is a killer song, and it's at number three. Love it.
And then at number two, off a time bomb. So we've got two back-to-back off a time bomb. I'm sorry. I just, I couldn't admit them. I tried to give love to all the records. I just couldn't admit them. I love riding off a time bomb. Number two on the record. Number two on my list, riding from time bomb. So my four, three, two, lit up, slamming, and riding. Yeah, lit up. I already talked about because it was in my top ten. Uh, slamming and riding were just outside. I would tell you, rock and roll. That album is probably my least favorite. Time bomb is my second least favorite. That's just kind of how it rolls out. Yeah, it's all good. So my four, three, two. All right. Again, I'm gonna read the lyrics if you want to skip thirty seconds, because this song basically explains the twenty four months I personally lived between October 90 and October 92, which is too drunk to fuck off of Black Butterfly. (laughs) Dude, these lyrics. Now the party was jumping and the girls were fine with a lipstick summer glaze. I got so many women coming after me, I put some pussy on layaway. I was smoked out, tore up, drunk as fuck, and I wouldn't want to change a thing. Young and dumb and full of cum with a sugar-loaded candy cane. That is lyrical gold. Like Paul and Gene are jealous that they never wrote those words. And it is delivered so catchy. It's hard not to hear this song. I hit the bottle in the morning in the summertime. I quit my job because it gets in the way. I find a party by the ocean by the cheapest wine Call up my friends to come and waste the day I got a dime bag, corduroys, colored sleeves And a bindle and some LSD Now I'm just looking for a girl to meet To help me to forget my name I could spend my lifetime getting high Never want to live in a suit and tie Most of us are just living a lie So why we get fucked up every night Oh, I'm getting drunk all day. 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 Oh, I'm getting dr
I think I'm going to have to go to the front of this episode and literally do a big earmuff. Earmuffs, everybody, because... God, I hope my mother-in-law doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> I really hope that nobody's listening. The other interesting thing about Too Drunk was, I guess it was supposedly leaked by the band's manager in 2008, and then the band later claimed it was pirated. So I think that has something to do with it not being on Spotify and not being on certain versions. I'm not too sure about that. And then if you've ever seen the video, Ashlyn Brooke, the porn stars in the video, I suggest you give it a shot. Because the video might be worth it. All right. My number three is also off Black Butterfly, Rescue Me. I absolutely love that song. It peaked at number 11 on the mainstream rock charts. It was a third single written by Todd and Nelson and James Ashurst and Stevie D. So it was a lot of folks kind of involved. But on this song, like Josh's rasp kind of creates this anger in the delivery. And the energy of this song like makes me want to punch people. There's this piece on the bridge that I love. The buildup that goes into the guitar solo, and this song is awesome live. Dude, there are people jumping up and down when this song is getting played. It is a ridiculously good song called Rescue Me. And then my number two, it had to be on there off of 15, Ode to Every Porn Star I've Ever Met or Known, Crazy Bitch. Like that song, dude. It being, first of all, double platinum. Second, it would peaked at number 59 on the Billboard 100. There is no way that would happen today. Too Drunk hit the Billboard 100. It only got to number 96. There's no way those songs hit. And they were trying to do clean versions of this video and X-rated versions of this video. Like, go check out some of the videos they got for Crazy Bitch because they are worth the watch. But this thing is a classic party song. You got the pseudo breakdown that happens, and then you kind of elevate it back to normal energy, which is great. It's interesting because the breakdowns kind of remind you of stuff that Van Halen does. But then you never hear Josh talking about David Lee Roth. So, but there's some of that in all this. So I, I don't know if he just doesn't talk about it or it's just because he kind of grew up with it. It's just kind of in him. But yeah, my uh, number four, two drunk, three rescue me, and two crazy bitch. All great songs. Yeah, rescue me is really, really a good tune. The rest of them, crazy bitch. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, and then um, two drunk. Also a great tune. We, you know, we mentioned that a little bit earlier for sure. So yeah, they just, they got some really good tunes, man. There's no doubt about it. So yeah, let's just jump straight to our number ones. Why not? So you talked about it. You had it at number two. I can't deny it. Crazy bitch is just an infectious tune from start to finish. And honestly, yeah, the lyrics are kitschy. It's, it's tongue-in-cheek. It's kind of funny. But for me personally, I love the music to this song. It has everything that I want in a Buck Cherry song. So it has a little bit of funk. It has that killer heavy riff. It has a great groove. It has all of that stuff. And so I just love the way the music moves along. And you throw the lyrics on top. And yeah, it's an extremely sexy song and just... How do you not party to this song? How do you not chug a Jack Daniels and uh, revisit the 80s? I don't live in that world anymore, but damn, I can remember some of that stuff at the time. <laughs> it was a lot of fun back then, uh, for sure. Place. 
is also off of 15 second single from the uh from the album peaked at number 18 on the mainstream rock charts written by josh todd keith nelson ashurst and marty fredrickson next to you dude i love that the verses are just josh and the drums i love that the guitars are like complimentary instead of distracting that chorus swims in your head all day the spoken word in the middle of the song works and then that kind of it's almost a yelp it's a, like a Yelp scream rasp. It's really weird, but you hear it when, uh, is it true what they say? Can't give it away, right? It's like this weird thing that he's doing that it really works. It's almost like he's yelling at you when he's singing, but for some reason it hits my ear right. And this song next to you, I'm listening to it in the car, and I'm like, oh my God, I could see people doing the Carlton dance to this song because it's like so catchy and kind of just kind of moves. <laughs> And then I realized, I'm like, oh, I get it. These guys hit the scene in 1999, right after all that grunge shit. And I remember seeing Lit Up and go, oh my God, sex, rock and rock and roll's back. That's what I'm talking about. Where the hell were these guys? Yeah. Right. And that's what got me in. So they timed it perfectly for me because I was ready to give up on all new music completely.
that's one of the things that I was mentioning to Josh in that interview, which was they came at a time when rock and roll was pretty much on the outs and they had success. They came after the grunge thing and people were looking, who's the next Guns N' Roses? And because they reminded me a little bit of Guns N' Roses, and he certainly reminded me a little bit of Axel at the beginning, you know, everybody that was looking for rock and roll was pointing the finger at them. I really felt like they were going to be the next big thing. And although they had success, you know, they had a lot of uh, tribulations as well. So, but they lasted all through this tumultuous time with rock and roll and they've had success and they've it's almost like they've had nine lives because they had some success and then they had really a lot of stuff that would kill most bands with time bomb and then they were able to they took this big hiatus and then they came back and had all this success with 15 and then again they took this hiatus and had issues within the band and came back and had you know more success so they're just an interesting band and uh i tried to get to josh to talk about what he thought it was you know was it the team was it because it's not just about the music it can't be just about the music it's much more than music with this business it's got to have you got to have a bunch of great managers and good booking agents and uh, etc so yeah uh, just an interesting band but a band with a great catalog of music yeah, I had a song that I was going to put in my top 10 because I absolutely love it. And it deserves to be in the top 10. But I was trying to keep ballads out of the group because there's so many great rockers. But I'm telling you, I love Sorry off of 15. Dude, such a beautiful written song. You know, guys like Ozzy or Piercy or Vince Neil would totally fuck up something like that. Like, it's interesting that the rasp turns into like this nasally whine that Todd does, but it works. Like yeah. it's needed because the nasally thing makes it whiny enough to sell the ballad and the song and how he's feeling because the rasp isn't going to sell it. And then when he gets kind of angrier at the end about actually being sorry, that's when kind of the rasp comes in. Man, it is a great song. If you love ballads, you have got to try Sorry by Buck Cherry. It's their third uh, most streamed song. So you got Crazy Bitch at 82,000 or 82 million streams, lit up at 31 million streams, and Sorry at 24 million streams. So that's their third most uh, streamed song. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great song, no doubt about it. I'm not a big ballad person. I'm a little bit surprised with your number one song. Next to You is a song that I like. But there were songs on your list that I like a lot better than Next to You. And in fact, Next to You wasn't even in my list of songs for 15. So I'm going to run down the records real quick and just kind of make suggestions on the songs that I had in my list. Off the debut record, Drink the Water, Lit Up, Dead Again. Off a of Time Bomb, Slamming, Riding, Porno Star, and I really liked Slip My Wrist. Dark song, but a good song. <laughs> all night long, I love all night long. Liberty, dead. Oh my lord, made my list. Black butterfly. I love tired of you. Imminent bailout. Child called it. I think is a great song. Off a of fifteen onset, out of line. Crazy bitch, broken glass. Off a of rock and roll. Bring it on back. 
wood is a kind of <laughs> wood's a funny song i enjoy that song and then tight pants we already talked about i love the title track off of war paint war paint and then off of confessions like i said earlier gluttony wrath and seven ways to die are really good tunes off of that record so those are all songs that ended up in my master playlist but the 10 are the ones i whittled it down to what about you yeah for me some of the songs that missed i love out of line on 15 mm-hmm. Uh, I had off of All Night Long, All Night Long, It's a Party and Dead, off of uh, Confessions. I had Nothing Left But Tears, Greed, Water, Sloth, Pride, and Lust. I liked a lot of the songs off rock and roll. They just didn't even make my top 10, like Tight Pants, The Madness, Wood, Rain's Falling, Sex Appeal, Get With It. War Paint, I only had really like about three or four songs I liked. War Paint, Radio Song in the Vacuum. There's a uh, EP called Fuck, and there's a song called Say Fuck It, which is great. Every song off of Butterfly is pretty much good. Almost everything off of 15 is good. And really, the only things I listen to off the debut is Get Back, Lawless, and Lulu, and Lit Up. And the only things I listen off of Time Bomb is Slamming, Riding, Whiskey in the Morning, and and Porno Star. Those are the only songs I listen to off those two albums. Lawless and Lulu is another great one off the debut. But yeah, just good stuff, man. I encourage people to go check out uh, Buck Cherry if you're not a huge fan or you haven't spent a bunch of time with them. I understand the they're pretty explicit. I mean, bottom line, and that's not for everybody. So I kind of understand that point of view. To me, it's just it's just a way of people using their words for expression, their expressing their passion or their feelings. So it doesn't really bug me, but I can understand if you got kids or something, it makes it tough to listen to their records. <laughs> I I played them when Nicole wasn't in the car. So they got to hear it, and I didn't have to hear Nicole going, what are we listening to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so you know all things start with Kiss. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the historic moment, my beautiful wife, Nicole, and I both saw Buck Cherry open for Kiss on November 17, 2009 at the Rose Garden in Oregon. I realized it much later after I first heard Lit Up, but I was wondering, I'm like, what is it about this song? Because it's not just the sleaze rock or whatever I'm hearing right now, and it's 1999, and I, I get it as sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and I kind of like the, I love the cocaine, I love the cocaine, and then I realized, I realized a little bit later, wait a second, that's the same riff. It shocked me, isn't it? You'll hear this when we play the song here in a minute, but I think that recognition of that riff is probably what got me interested. Now, the night that Nicole and I saw them in the Rose Garden, Kiss played Shock Me, and yes, Tommy Thayer sang the song, so I'm sure the Ace Fraley diehards were not happy about that. We'll just stay away from all that. Let's go with a Gilby Clark version off of the tribute album called Spacewalk, a salute to Ace Fraley, released in 1996. Here is a few seconds of Lit Up, and then goes into Gilby's version of Shock Me.
So I like that Gilby Clark version. It's not too far from the original. What I do miss off of the original is those harmony background vocals, uh, especially towards the end. That, oh, yeah, that whole thing. Like, I miss that a lot, but uh, not a bad version. Yeah, so overall, nice little episode. You know, we got a Josh interview. Figured we'd do a Buckcherry Top 10 was be the best way to go about it. I thought it would be easy to do a Top 10 and then... I started diving in. I'm like, man, I like a lot of Buck Cherry music. And I know we got listeners that absolutely cannot stand Buck Cherry. I don't know why that is, because it really is fun music. Like, if you just want to listen to some fun, like, let's say you absolutely hate Buck Cherry. You heard Lit Up, you were turned off on the second day that you heard it, and you never want to hear it again the rest of your life. Go try Rescue Me and Too Drunk and see if you still hate Buck Cherry. Right, go try those two songs because one's really fun and the other one's really good. And if you hate Buck Terry after you hear those two songs, then I guess, okay, stop because you just don't like Josh Todd's voice and you don't like his vocal phrasing. I'm telling you, as a guy of all the music that I love, and you guys all know the music I love, I absolutely love Buck Terry. Yeah, I'm curious to know what people, because I've never really had the conversation with somebody that doesn't like Buck Cherry, what they don't like. I I think, like I said, the easiest things to gravitate towards are they don't like the excessive 
F-bombs and cussing, which it's not for everybody, so I get that. Or they don't like the the kitschy tunes, like the which most of the kitschy tunes also are very explicit, so uh, you might not like that. But just, I don't know, do they have straight-up rock songs where they don't cuss? I'm not even sure they have those, do they? Yeah, Yeah, they have some, but I don't think it's excessive, to be honest with you. It's not like Eddie Murphy, like every other word is fuck. It's not like that. I think it's done very well. They have an EP called Fuck. <laughs> yeah, but that's different. They put all that on one EP, but it's not like you don't get like three minutes of fuck, cuss, bitch, whore. Like that. I think Steel Panther's worse, honestly. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. What I like about Buck Cherry is I like the big riffs. I love the grooves because they definitely come from the school of ACDC where they just have these pocket grooves. And I dig that. I dig a big guitar riff and a groove like that. So that sucks me in. And I like Josh's vocal delivery, the way he delivers a lot of his stuff in that fashion. So uh, it just goes with the grooves really well. So that's what I like about them. And uh, I'm a lot like Sonny where it's probably some records I like almost everything on them and some records I like at least four or five tunes off the record. So most of their stuff, I own all their records and like at least 50% or more of each one of the records. Uh, and that's where I fall with Buck Cherry. So uh, we felt like it was a good idea to do this top 10 along with the short Josh Todd interview that we had. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And hopefully you got turned on to Buck Cherry. If you weren't a fan before, maybe now you're curious enough to check out some of the stuff on your own. So thanks for listening. Thanks for all feedback, no matter how crazy it is. Sorry if we hurt your sensitive ears today. We're sorry. Buck Cherry, Sorry. Earmuffs, everybody. Earmuffs. Go ahead, take them off now. It's all a safe zone now. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate your listeners. And we will see you or actually talk to you next week. See ya. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Yeah!
Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.